up, everybody? Welcome back to another No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, and joined by my wife, Carla. Carla, you want to say hi? Hello. And we want to welcome back our guests from last week as we continue with Jody and Brad Sapp. And just to, just to remind you, if you can need to, if you aren't listening to this, write one after another. Um, man, they've been married about 21 years. They've dealt with about 10, 12 years of addiction issues. And we left him at a place called No Longer Bound. And he's taking his first steps there and Jody's headed back home. And so from that point, let's, uh, let's jump back in and Jody, first question for you, and then Brad will ask you to respond. Okay, he's at No Longer Bound. You're playing single mom, taking care of two kids. What were those first months like? It was hectic. It, it was hard um, figuring out how to balance it all because, as I said before, he was very functional. He was always an extra set of hands, very helpful. They were seven and four at the time, and... So it was chaotic and just managing a lot of emotion, um, going through a lot of my own feelings, kind of managing the kids' emotions and their feelings. I worked full-time, very stressful job. I was a chief operating officer of a local company, so it was big. And um, I was taking care of, you know, the house and, and all those things at once. And so it was kind of a lot to, to suddenly take on. And, um, you know, looking back, the Lord was so kind with um, just kind of the order of my emotions in the beginning, I was just kind of running off adrenaline, mm -hmm. which was such a good thing. I was a little bit angry, which kind of fueled me because I always say I didn't have time to sit in the corner and cry. I had to keep going. I had yeah. to keep doing. And so that was a, a sweet thing. Um, he certainly sent me an incredible support system, a wise friend that said, you know, listen, because I came home from No Longer Bound ready to like pull out the yellow pages, which were still a thing back then. <laughs> and I look up some divorce attorneys. That's really where I was. And I remember a wise, wise friend who had actually just been through a divorce said to me, you know, he told me how awful that was, that process. And he said, you know, this is the one thing y'all have never done. Wouldn't you be sad if this was the thing that worked mm. and you made like a rash decision now? Well, I had been in enough therapy enough um, recovery meetings to know when when you don't know what to do you probably shouldn't do anything and so I kind of sat in that um, I used those first few months um, I always say it was like I was a master's student like working on my thesis and I, I I'm somebody that loves to have knowledge and learn about things so I read books about addiction I talked with people that had been down that road I talked with people that had gone through divorce and all those sorts of things and um, just really sought the Lord, spent a lot of time on my knees. He provided strength, um, just provision for everything I needed. And um, finally, I would say, see, I dropped him off in February, probably by April. I had got to the gotten to the point where I at least knew because at first I when you know I was waiting on that first visit call to come, and I didn't really know if I would go when the call came. Uh, I, I wasn't okay. real sure, but it, by April I'd gotten to the point of like, well okay, I at least do want to go and see, you know, what's happening. And my therapist asked me a really simple question. That's often how it is when you have these epiphanies. Um, it's a simple question, and it was, do you love this man? You know, do assuming he can get right, 
and make the right choices. You know, is, do you love him? Of course I did. And of course I wanted to grow old with him and raise my kids with him and all those things. And so I got to that place and I just began praying a very specific prayer, had all my prayer warriors praying that when that call finally came and I finally got to go, that um, the moment I, I laid eyes on him, that God would show me that he was doing a work. He would make it clear that he was doing a work and calling me to stay. I felt like, you know, I was in my 30s at that point. I, I felt like maybe I'd wasted a lot of time, and I just needed to know that, that God was calling me to stay in this marriage. So that became my very specific prayer during those months. Wow. A couple of things you said that I want to jump back on. I, I, the idea that when you don't know what to do, the better idea is to is to do nothing. Mm-hmm. That's good. Instead of you know making a rash decision, that was such good advice from your friend. Mm-hmm. And and then even going back when that counselor asked you that question, do you love him? Mm-hmm. And it almost would have been easier if you didn't. No, yeah. It was the pain comes because from when you love somebody. That's right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, Brad. You're there, and y'all aren't. You weren't allowed to. Even oh, so yeah, talk I was fixing to, to ask. Other, right? I guess there had been no communication. No. no. Uh, when they, when they, when she put me out at No Longer Bound, they said sixty to ninety days of zero contact. So sixty, ninety days. So I know minimum two months up to three months. You know, no letter writing, no phone calls, wow. no text messaging. So it's messaging. just cold turkey. Yeah, she calls it a, a blackout period. You know, like it was just nothing. Like and. And again, she said, I'm done. So she left. Well, during that time, you know, for me, I'm thinking, okay, well, 60 to 90 days, I can do this and I can kind of figure out, you know, where we go from here after that long. And 90 days came and went, nothing. I haven't heard anything. I have no idea if she did, you know, come back home and set all my stuff in the front yard and set it on fire or what. Like, I, Who I, I decides whether you... When you can talk, the, the program? The program, yep. You go through with classes and stuff, and it's we're done by a couple of things back then. Everybody in your class had to learn a Bible verse or a series of verses, and when everybody learns them, then you earn visits and stuff and wow. where you're at in the class. So it pushes you to, you know, your classmates, come on, let's study the Word, let's get, because I want my visits, you know. But right. at that point, I didn't know if I was ever going to have visits because I didn't know if she was ever coming up there. Um, oh. I couldn't check with her or anything, and so... 90 days came and went, 100 days came and went. So I had been, you know, from working in a company and having my kids and doing everything that I was doing, so now I'm 100-plus days of no contact thinking, okay, well, this is it. Like, she's gone. Um, and God used every bit of it. Every, every bit days. of it. I mean, it, it, it was 107 days for me. On wow. day 107, on a Saturday morning, they get all the guys together and – and say who's got visits and I had listened to every man have visits every Saturday up until that point on day 107 they said Brad you got a visit and so you like was the visit that day it was that day so mm-hmm. you didn't even know so until that morning know. I found wow. out that morning she's coming wow. up here and I'm excited and I'm nervous and but in the back of my mind I'm like well what if she's got papers she's serving me like, yeah. what if she's, well, that's why she's you know, coming to visit that's why yeah. she's coming to visit so like I'm wanting to hold on to hope and I and I'm like and at that point, though, God, when I say God used all of those days, because by day 107, it didn't matter why she was there. I was just excited to see her. So even if she would have had papers, she would have seen me cry. She would have heard me tell her that I loved her because it didn't matter. Um, and so when she did show up, uh, 
you know, I, I was there and I just, I just lost it. I mean, I, she pulled in the, in the driveway down the, onto campus and stuff, you know, um, because I had finally gotten to the point in those 107 days to where God was like, well, Brad, what if she is gone? What are you going to do? What if she shows up and tells you I'm leaving and actually I'm taking the kids and you're not even going to get to see them and stuff? Like, are you going to go back to doing the things that you've been doing to basically what got you here in the first place? Are you finally going to surrender and let me be enough? And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I surrendered and said, God, I want to get to a place where you are going to be enough. So even if she leaves and even if she takes those kids, I'm not going back to what got me here. I'm not turning back to drugs and alcohol and the things I've been doing. And it was after that when I got a visit, and here we are. <laughs> All right, Jody, so you get out of the car. Well, you get the call. You finally, do they call oh, you, get you the or call. what yeah. did they do? And so for me, it was a couple of days prior. So visits were always on Saturday. They probably called me that Thursday or Friday mm-hmm. to say he's earned visits. You can come on Saturday. I think it was like noon to seven or something were, were the visiting times. And so um, I called all those prayer warriors, you know, they came over on that Friday. You won't be surprised at all to know I'd planned my outfit, you know, everything to a T. Um, my friends came over, we prayed, we talked, um, and, you know, everybody's praying for me as I was going. And so it was um, a little north of Atlanta. So I had almost a two hour drive that Saturday morning. And I was just kind of full of butterflies and just anticipation, you know, of what I was going to see, almost like a first date situation because I had not seen him in so long. And I was certainly anticipating, you know, what the Lord was going to do. I knew what he had begun to do in my heart. And so I was excited to see, you know, kind of what he was up to. And I'd had that specific prayer that I'd been praying, that all my prayer warriors had been praying. And so I pulled on the campus that day. Obviously, I'd only ever been there a couple other times. The day I dropped him off, and then I'd had to go to a couple recovery meetings. Um, Wasn't really sure where to go. Um, You know, there's men kind of everywhere scattered all around the property. I just kind of followed some cars. I parked, got out, and started walking. And then I saw Brad. He'd been sitting on a picnic table. And he came walking towards me, and he had tears streaming down his face. And... In that moment, God answered that prayer that I'd been praying. It was the clearest answer I've ever experienced. I literally knew in that first moment of laying eyes on him that God was doing something. God was doing a work, and um, he was calling me to stay in my marriage. And because we serve a God that does immeasurably more, always, he even told me that day, I'm not only calling you just to stay in your marriage, but I'm calling to y'all. I'm calling each the two of you to something that's bigger than this. Of course, in 2013, I had no idea what I was going to be. Now now I know exactly what he was talking about. Um, but it was for sure one of the coolest experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, what were you thinking when you saw her? How beautiful she was. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. Seriously, and I, and I was, you know, it's like I saw her with new eyes, um, you know, back to – that junior in high school that was just head over heels in love, um, you know, uh, and I was so grateful that she had showed up, that she had came, that she didn't leave and that she was there um, and just how much I loved her because through the, the, the crud and the mess that I had been through and what this world had piled on top of me, my feelings were so numb for so long mm-hmm. that now I feel emotions. Now I can, mm-hmm. you know, 
now I can feel her love and she can feel my love too because I've dealt with all of that stuff and nothing is being covered up. And I'm so, I was so much that guy that had to, you know, I had such a heart of stone and I got to act tough and I can't, you know, I can't even let her know how much I love her or how much it would hurt me if she left. Like I have to hide that. And I saw her for the first time in a very long time where I didn't have to hide anything. Wow. How I felt, how insecure I was, you name it, and, and I did not have to hide it. And I just remember being so grateful um, that she was there, that she had came for that visit, um, and just letting her know how much I loved her and how sorry I was at the time. Because you've also got to realize, you know, when you're there working on you, you know, while she's here having to deal with kids and job and work and all of that stuff, you know, as miserable and as hard as it was for me to be there, I didn't have anything to worry about but me. So I, I don't have to try to keep up with anything or try to figure anything else out. Like, I'm just there looking at me. So when she came, it's like all of those walls just came down, and I didn't have anything to hide. And I, it was it was beautiful. And the next week she brought the kids, and then visits kind of go from there. So, You know, you were – I want to jump back to something you shared a minute ago and just that coming to that point where you're able to say, God, you're enough. Yeah. And, you know, I know, man, that is such a powerful thing. You know, y'all were in the about as horrific a situation as you could be in with this constant thing of addiction. And that's Mm -hmm. not even anything we can even understand to that degree. But I think the power thing is, and such a hopeful thing, I Mm -hmm. think, for people that are out there, because there's people all over the place that are struggling in their marriages and. You know, they're thinking that, well, she's not loving me. She's not taking care of me the way I want to. And she's thinking, you know, he doesn't do right. And I always want him to do this. And he never does that. And, man, that place that God wants to bring all of us is that we can say, God, you are enough. Mm-hmm. Man, if they never yes. loved me back the way that I wanted to, God, you're enough. Yes. And yeah. it's out of that fullness and it's out of that resting in him that it gives us the ability to really love and pour into our spouse. That's right. Yeah. And the, the exactly coolest right. thing, one of the coolest things about our story is that we both journaled while he was mm-hmm. gone. He was at No Longer Bound, big part of their program. I've always been a journaler, so I journaled. And the cool thing is that God, that was what he taught us both, was let me be enough. Mm-hmm. And we discovered that when we compared journals. So for Brad... You know, he'd been plucked out of his home, sent to this program, not knowing if I was staying or leaving, if he'd see mm. the kids. And like Brad said, he said, well, what if she leaves? What are you going to do? Are you going to turn back to drugs? Are you going to surrender and let me be enough? And then he looked at me and said, what about you? Your life is not going the way you planned. You know, this was not on mm. your agenda. So what are you going to do? Are you going to get resentful and bitter during this time? Or are you going to surrender and let me be enough? Yeah. And so in his grace... <clears throat> We were both able to to surrender, and I think that's why we made it. Definitely, and I think for me the biggest part was just learning, like when we think about like what joy and love and stuff is versus like happiness. You know, like I remember in the middle of my addiction and off and on while we would go to counselors or classes and stuff, and they would talk about the five love languages and stuff, right? You know, Mm -hmm. like what's your love language? Well, it's touch, it's stuff, it's... Well, I had it so twisted because I thought, well, now Jody knows my love language, so she should make me happy, mm-hmm. right? No, she shouldn't. 
my, you know, God has to be enough in my life that I can love her from a place of that, not her making me happy or her. And I'm so grateful that, you know, that she did love me enough back to not make decisions and stuff even based on her feelings. You know, when we go, we go back and somebody said, well, do you still love him? And she wasn't angry or hurt enough to say, no, I don't. He's, he's hurt me so much. It's been so much. And, and she also took our kids into consideration, Lawson and Bella, and what's best for them long run, to be mad at their dad for stuff he's done and hold on to it or to think, well, I still love him and I'm willing to give him this chance from this long-term program and just sit in it. And instead of being served papers, she came to visit. Um, and I'm so grateful for that, for where we are now. I think, you know, both of those messages, you know, one of the hope, Mm-hmm. You know, but again, that God is enough, even if something doesn't turn out like we wanted it to, or God is saying, like you said, Jody, will you stay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will you stay where I'm asking you to stay when it's hard? Mm-hmm. But let me be enough mm-hmm. in the heart. And somebody listening may be saying, well, it's, it's not that, it's something else. And they've done this and this and this. And, and we can't know what your story is and what the wise thing to do might be. But I hope you hear this word that just says God wants to be enough. And mm-hmm. he is enough if we'll let him be. But it's such a place of surrender, mm-hmm. isn't it, y'all? Yes, and it isn't is. it a constant thing to say, don't let me be deceived by the things the world mm. wants to tell me are enough, but they're yes. really not? That's right. Yeah. And, and, and I got to know the outcome to know I'm willing to stay. Mm. And sometimes mm, God says, right. just, just yes. trust yes. me. Yep. Just yes. trust me mm-hmm. and stay. And then I love what you said, Jody, that it's sometimes immeasurably more than we could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And so you're sitting there that day with the hope that maybe this will work. But man, not only did it work, God restored and blessed, you know, fourfold. Mm -hmm. And so what an amazing place to say the treasures that come out of the darkness. Nobody wants to walk in the darkness. Nobody does. But everybody's life is going to have slices of that. Mm -hmm. Y'all have had an, an unbelievable amount in the first 20 years, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So you probably, Mm -hmm. when you said I do, did not think, oh, let's think about the first 20 years. You know, what does that slice up to be? Mm -hmm. Probably Mm -hmm. nothing like that. No. Gosh, I wouldn't have done it. (laughs) (laughs) We laugh and say to couples sometimes, you know, nobody knows when you say I do what you're saying I do to. That's right. You don't Mm -hmm. know. And for believers... You know, we don't know what that may look like and what God might be asking us to walk in and trust him. But, man, powerful. Amen. Okay, so you've been there almost four months. Mm -hmm. Is that about right? Mm -hmm. And God's done this work in you that you're able to say, if she chooses to leave, God, you're enough for me. Mm -hmm. And you've come to that same point. Mm -hmm. you still got another six months. That's right. That you're there. Mm -hmm. When did you decide, at what point did you say, I can do this? Um, you know, I, I think early on I, I knew I could do it. I don't think there was ever a doubt in my mind. I think God used my pride and my drive and stuff to know, like, hey, I, I can stay here and I can do this from a program standpoint. 
But then once I started experiencing some of the freedom from it, and when she, st- you know, came that visit and stayed and stuff, then this was like, it's almost like it became even harder. Mm. Because now she's not saying I'm going to divorce you. She's saying finish this program, you know, but then and the, I believe the, in the, me. And, the, and she believes mm. in me. So the flesh in you and the, and the enemy wants to draw you home then, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, mm. I can leave and go back home now. But I had been there long enough for God to reveal enough to me. It's like, hey, man, the, the work ain't done. Mm. Don't leave before the work gets done. And and for me, I never wanted to leave before I finished yeah. because I, I didn't want to, you know, if something does happen down the road, it wouldn't be, well, will it happen because you didn't finish that program or you didn't stick it out. And one of the beautiful things about No Longer Bound back then, too, was they didn't have a finished date. So they said, just like they said 60 to 90 days, it was – 10 months give or take so i couldn't circle i couldn't even circle a date on a calendar and say okay if i make it to this date i get to go home it was no you keep progressing and you keep listening to us and you keep listening to the lord and when we evaluate and think that you're ready to go home then you can go um so i wondered if i was even going to be home by christmas uh that year and you know she came and visited then she came on the weekends and the way it's also done when you get into more of a deeper part of the program where you're starting to look at some of your deeper hurts and what's going on you lose visits so then she doesn't come on the weekends uh, now you're back to so a blackout period timing mean, that was very sweet during that meaning that i did that first visit in june like the first weekend in june and so he earned visits and the kids and i were able to go all summer long on the weekends they got to spend the night in the hotel. They thought that was yeah, fantastic. Um, you know, and you would look back and think, gosh, that's they're going to look back and think, oh, man, I, I hated when I had to go visit Dad at that rehab. Y'all, it's one of the highlights of their childhood. They love it. They, really? love it. Mm-hmm. they talk God about it so it. Finely, be- fondly because they got to play on the playground and they got to go and stay in the hotel with the pool and oh, all those yeah. things. And so it was great. And so we visited all summer. And then about the time we got back in school, extracurriculars started, we were getting busy is when he lost visits again. So we had things to kind of keep us busy. busy. My counselor also suggested to me, which I now tell everybody, um, to plan things to look forward to. You know, always have something to look forward to. Sometimes it's something for you and the kids. Maybe it's something just for you. And so that's kind of what I did during that second time of zero mm-hmm. contact. And then I guess towards the end of October, we got visits back again. That's right. For another couple of months before I finished. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you finish up, mm-hmm. and they finally tell you you can go home. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what that felt like. Mm. That was a surprise too. Like you found out the morning of. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh. Yeah, that, that was, it was the week before Christmas, and she, they're not telling me, and they're like, they called me in class and said, you know, well, we don't think we're going to let you go home for Christmas because we don't think you'll come back. And they, they're kind of trying to see how are you going to react? You know, am I going to get mad and pitch a fit and say, oh, I'm going home for Christmas. I've been here 10 months. But it, but I had surrendered. And if you've surrendered, you've surrendered, regardless wow. of what circumstances yeah. you're getting in return. So if my surrender is only based on, you know, whether I get to go home, I've really not surrendered. And so that's what he was teaching me. And I said, well, okay. And they looked at me and said, so we're not going to let you go home and come back. We're going to let you go home and stay home. And I just lost it and cried. And and Jody always says, like, that was such a special Christmas because for the first time, even with kids running around and everything, little little kid, Lawson was five and eight, uh, Lawson and Bella. It didn't matter what was under the tree that year. It was who was around the tree that was important. And and I'll never forget it. It was was so special. And 
and what God taught us during that time and, and where we're at today that we still apply 10 plus years ago. All right. God, obviously, I mean, some of us, God takes longer to bring around than mm-hmm. others. And God did an incredible work in both of you during those years mm-hmm. of really stretching you to the limits of leaning on him. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're finally back home and, you know, obviously you start a crossroads. What has God continued? Because obviously you're still alive and mm-hmm. means God's not finished with you yet. And unfortunately, man, that sanctification thing keeps <laughs> on going that God keeps saying, okay, now that we've done this, let's work on this. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some of the things that God has continued to work on and transform you in? Man, he, he just keeps us humble because as Brad always says, he's called us to something that statistically we'll never be good at, right? I mean, mm-hmm. relapse rates Recovery. are high. I mean, you wow. know, when people mm-hmm. relapse um, in addiction and, and those kinds of things, and, and there's a different situation every day at the Crossroads House, you know, and so I think he's just constantly teaching us through that he certainly has taught us a lot through raising teenagers that's been a new phase (laughs) since he's been new phase of faith (laughs) yeah for sure and so there's just been there's constant things I feel like that he's still teaching and showing and then not only that but but then using us um in a way that now 10 plus years on the other side of the story where we can help some other people you know, that are walking that road. And we've had the opportunity to speak at events and those sorts of things and be on podcasts, and it's been incredible. Yeah, I, I think so. Definitely. Um, for me, it's just continuing to um, to humble me and work on my pride and my ego um, and letting God use me and not me use God mm-hmm. um, to, to surrender to the point where, you know, what I'm called to and the men that I work with um, is hard. Um, it is, and it was very hard in the beginning because I was still, I'm trying to do it, right? I can do this. And when the men would, would mess up or somebody would do something, you know, I would take it personally. Yeah. And, and I look back and I realize, man, how much grace I've required from people over the years. And it helps me to extend that same amount of grace to other <laughs> people and to realize that nobody's perfect and I love them no matter what. And then obviously continues the sanctification process through my kids, um, you know, and, and what they teach me daily and stuff. And, you know, regardless of, of how people treat me, um, if I love unconditionally, then I like to say, like, am I going to love other kids unconditionally regardless of how they treat my kids? So mm-hmm. to speak, you know, am, am I? Because yeah. because that's hard. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that, that, oh, yeah. That's it's always hard, a definitely new learning curve. It, it, it is. is for and sure. Same thing with the crossroads guys, you know, and how people treat them and what they think about them. Because you know, addiction is what led me to no longer bound and stuff. But the reason that I was there, when we talk about, you know, what was the underlying issue? When I say, you know, like we've been through so much, like addiction was the thing God, the catalyst God used, but Jody put up with so much for me that comes with that, with lying, with, you know, everything that comes along with running that lifestyle um, and finding the root cause of it. And why was I doing it? The addiction was just an, an outward symptom of a much deeper problem. When I started realizing that as to why I'm performing, why do I get my love, acceptance, worth, and security, my laws, why did I get my laws met from what this world had to offer? Because mm-hmm. it was never going to meet it. Today mm-hmm. I get it from God, and he continues to remind me of that day in and day out, day out through my marriage, my children, 
and the ministry that we run. All right, last question. You know, you said before that, um, you know, you both have hinted that, you know, God's done incredible work through you. And the idea, especially if you had, thank goodness, you didn't know what you were going to go through. You know, I, I'm a firm believer God doesn't waste anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, our son Zach's life verse, Romans 8, 28, man, God will work everything. Even your addiction and what y'all went through for your good, for your purpose. Mm-mm. How is your marriage better now, today, because of what you went through those years? To me, I think it's better because we no longer use each other. Um, we, we know that together we're, we're healthy and we communicate on such a deeper level now. It's not about... To go back, it's also not, not about her making me happy or making her happy, but how are we going to communicate and to know that, um, you know, we, we've been through that fire and we've been through so much and God refined it in it, you know, and and he burned away the chaff and, and what comes out is stronger. Um, and so we don't sweat the small stuff either. Like we still fuss over petty things like every other marriage and stuff, but I'm also reminded, man, when we've been through so much, like why are we going to sweat this too? Um, and we, we have complete have trust in each other. If That's a great else, way of putting we it. We have yes. perspective, yep. you know. Yep. And when you've been through something tough, you it, yeah. it that's what it gives you perspective. Mm-hmm. And so you just remember when you're facing something like, well, gosh, we made it through that. Mm-hmm. We can probably make it through this. Yeah, this yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. That so many times couples think that you know, in the midst of a conflict, they think this is terrible. I can't go on. I can't go on. Mm -hmm. And yet when you come to the other side, it's like, Hey, we've been through that. Yeah. Whatever comes ahead, we can deal with it together. That's right. And Uh, we, we used to say we've dealt with it, but then the first time something came up, you know, we, the resentments come up and you, you know, you cut one another with something that you did from the past. Like those days are over with and, and Mm -hmm. truly dealing with it and truly moving past it and healing from it has been a beautiful thing. And, you know, we communicate with our kids. We're open about our story um, and just how much they have matured as a result of that. Um, and our whole family is just stronger and healthier. Had we not been through what we've been through, we wouldn't be anywhere near as and strong. And just that realization that you you likely can't do it in your strength, no. but you can do it in His. You know, mm-hmm. He's going to equip you whatever storm you're facing. You were built for it. Yeah. And He can equip you. Um, to get through it. And it's going to be tough, but it'll be worth it. Mm-hmm. Guys, Brad, Jody, thank you so much for sharing your story. And man, it encourages us. Yes. Uh, and I know it's going to encourage other people. If somebody wants to find out more about Crossroads Recovery, how can they do that? They can follow us on social media, Crossroads Recovery Ministries, Inc. They can look us up online. Our website's crossroadsrecovery.org. Awesome. awesome. Folks, we encourage you to do that. And, man, I just want to close you out with one last thought. Uh, I remember reading, doing some research not long ago, and it was talking about research they'd done with couples and that they were at a point in their life where they were ready to quit and they are ready to give up on their marriage, and they didn't. And they asked them five years later, where are you now? And it was like of all the couples they served with, it was like 90 95% that, even though they'd been at a point they wanted to throw the towel in, by sticking it out five years later, everyone said, man, we're in a good place. Mm. Yeah. 
I believe that. And so what I'd encourage you, hey, wherever you are, and only you know and God knows your situation, man, I hope you will follow the path that they did. Mm. Man, and lean into Jesus and let him carry you through it and let him transform you and let him show you that he is enough and that wherever you are, man, he can heal that relationship and he can do immeasurably more than you can ever imagine that he would do. Man, we love you, and uh, man, we are praying for y'all. And man, just keep on forging, folks. Thank you.